Hi, welcome to Reverse Sequels. This is Patrick. With me, as always, is... Ellie. And today on the podcast, we're doing the sequel to Baby Geniuses. It's Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2. That's right. This movie is about four babies in a daycare of some kind run by Scott Bayo and his wife. And they're telling each other the tale, the legend of Kahuna, a baby who is a vigilante who fights for justice for all the youth of the world. Yeah, I think that's, that's spot on. I'm not sure if it's a movie about four babies or if it's a movie about Kahuna. It's actually real confusing. Well, that is confusing because then Kahuna, the legend, comes to life and we learn his whole entire backstory. Um, And there's more to the plot. I just wanted to save it for... for There's so much to this plot. I got... I have about 50 questions for this movie. I have a lot of questions for you, too. Starting off... Is the name of the movie Baby Geniuses 2 Super Babies or Super Babies Baby Geniuses 2? When I did some research, it said Super Babies colon Baby Geniuses 2. Yeah, they've reversed the convention of, what do you call it? Naming. Sequel naming. All out of whack. It's all crazy. I I don't even know where to start. All right. You covered uh, Scott Baio. So Scott Baio is in this movie. He appears... So I like to run through just the the taste they give you when the movie opens. We're at a daycare, um, which I have many questions about. Same. We, we see some babies which are being ADR'd hard into the baby talk. They all have personalities. Then Scott Bayo appears, and his character name is Stan. Yeah. So I think great name. Stan Bobbins. Then all of a sudden, the babies are... Using their powers of being intelligent, but also being able to speak baby. They say, let's manipulate the adults. But among themselves, they're telling the story of Kahuna. And then it flashes. This is like three minutes in. East Berlin, 1962. <laughs> I mean, I w- I this mean- movie is so different than what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> just based on like the title and the picture on the front cover. So... Their babies speak their own language. It's baby. But when you... So we see a second where Scott Bale's wife, played by Vanessa Angel, she's watching these four babies sit around, clearly having a conversation. But to her, it sounds like gibberish. So we hear it from her ears. They're speaking gibberish. But then then it cuts to, from the baby's perspective, we hear them in English speaking. They're like CGIing their mouths to make it look like their mouths are speaking the words. It's the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Then here's the weirdest thing to me. These are babies, I'm guessing like two or three years old yeah but their voices are like 11 year old children or even older well they're but they're definitely before puberty right i was gonna say 10 or 11 year old i thought they were adults (laughs) 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 what adults (laughs) like adults purposely trying to sound like children like Bart Simpson? <laughs> what what kind of adults did you think sounded like this? These are children's voices. <laughs> but they're not baby voices. I think it's just an adult trying to sound like a child. What? 
Are you sure? Well, okay. No. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Okay. I Well, the whole baby voice thing creeped me out. Okay, let's say it is adults trying to sound like babies. It sounds like it's a 10-year-old's voice coming out of a 2-year-old's body, which to me is a weird choice. Why didn't they just get adults or something? I don't know. The choice they made is so weird to me. Then, okay, one of the babies is telling the story to the other babies of this guy Kahuna. I don't know what to call him. He's not a guy, right? But he's not a baby. Kahuna's like seven? I don't know. (laughs) This is really exposing my ignorance of how old children are. Let's, Let's take it off the top. Let's go through the babies. So, first we have Rosita. Okay. And she's, she's the, the angry baby. The angry baby. Yeah. Then we have Finkelman. He's like the computer hacker genius, genius baby. Even though he's two. Then we have Archie. He's kind of the leader. He's Scott Bale's son. Yeah, he's the main character. And then we have Alex. Then we have Alex, who's the black one. No way to get around saying it. That's They were like, we need a black baby. And he's just in there talking urban slang. I know. Why did they do that? I don't know. Oh, what yeah. adult did they get to do that voice? That's like a 10-year-old. I don't know. I'll have to I don't think watch the behind-the-scenes featurette. I don't think it's kids. Okay. What about Kahuna? Who's voicing Kahuna? Because it's not that kid. Here, here's the weird part. Why isn't it that kid? I thought it was that kid. He looks old enough to talk. That kid's at least 10. 10? What? <laughs> he just looks a couple years older. I thought no. he was 6 or 7. What? I don't know how Kahuna's old kids are supposed to be. 10. Okay, maybe 10. Yeah, why is he not talking? Maybe it's like an Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. Maybe he's an Austrian kid. That's the best actor they could find. But they dubbed his voice in with an American child slash maybe adult woman. I don't know how they did it, but it's weird. I feel like we got to really pick in. We're all over the place. Oh, God. It's so such a weird movie. Okay. Okay, so we get the four kids. Archie is telling the other three about this legend of Kahuna. He's drawing with crayons. like His picture, and then we get into a flashback. East Berlin, 1962. (laughs) Okay. Then Um, enters Academy Award winner John Voight. Is in this movie. Doing a German accent. Yeah. He plays Captain Kane, and he's just an evil guy who captures children to take over the world. And his arch nemesis is Kahuna. A child. Yes. Which we find out more about that, but I got to start with, it's East Berlin. It's 1962. Well after World War II, why is John Voight playing a Nazi in he this movie? He is so portrayed as a Nazi. He's got the like the gear. There's no swastika, but he's got like you know the leather trench coat, the hat, everything, the outfit, the voice. He is a Nazi in a children's movie about babies. Maybe it's because Nazis are the embodiment of evil, and we got to keep it simple for kids. Nazis equal bad. But why not just have him in World War II? Why is it East Berlin 1962? It's so oddly specific. Maybe because of the Berlin Wall divides two sides. So here we get a story of division. No. (laughs) I think the guy who wrote this didn't know his history. Why is Kahuna named Kahuna? I have no idea. Why? No clue. Is he from California? (laughs) Is he from Hawaii? All I kept thinking was the big Kahuna. (laughs) 
I think it's just a fun name for kids to say. This flashback between Kane and Kahuna, they're squaring off. Kane's motto is control the children and control the world. So we know that's where his motivation is coming from for taking this orphanage hostage. Right. Kahuna wants to free all the children. Kahuna is fluent in adult and baby talk. He said that he remembers it. Yes. He enters the orphanage through grappling hook, which... If you've listened to this podcast, you know that I am a sucker for a good grappling hook you scene. Love, you love a good grappling hook scene. Did you love this grappling hook scene? You know what? All grappling hooks are good <laughs> grappling hooks. They just grab my attention. Oh, God. Then there's this great scene where they square off. And Kahuna says to Nazi John Voigt, <laughs> who's smoking, don't you know cigarettes can kill you? And then he proceeds to suck on a lollipop. Nazi John Voigt says, don't you know those things can give you cavities? This is the level that we're on. This is the playing field that we're on. Then all of a sudden... Wait, are you going to leave out Kahuna's great retort? When John Voigt says those will give you cavities, he says, that's okay. I still got my baby teeth. I mean, the writing in this <laughs> Then is he proceeds just... to kick ass. Oh, but how does he <laughs> kick ass? First, he beckons a bottle of like Mountain Dew from... <laughs> His car. That's his special formula that he's created. Well, we don't know that yet. He's, he rips a nipple off a bottle. He does. So, like a grenade. At first, yeah. I thought he was going to throw a grenade. No, but it's his special go go juice. <laughs> yeah. And then, so what he does is he downs this glowing green liquid, and then, like, Popeye gets muscles all over his body. Real and- creepy to see on a child who's anywhere between six and ten. <laughs> <laughs> And then does, like, running kicks over people's heads. Yeah, like, the, the wire work is like, man, if you loved Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, check out the wor- the martial arts stunts in Super Babies. I just, that scene, my mouth was, was open. <laughs> my, no, my jaw was on the floor with that one. Just nothing makes sense. There's a scene where his car, he has this little, like, sidecar thing. It's going after... John Voight's like henchman. Yeah. And someone yells, duck. <laughs> and it's on the ground. I don't understand. They might get out of the way. I think the person who did write this was just confused about everything. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those moments where, you know, sometimes in movies, like, it'd be like, do you have any final words? And be like, yeah, duck. And then the guy's all confused. Like, what does that mean? And the next thing you know, you know, a paint can flies in his head. And he's like, oh, I was supposed to duck. This tries to set that up, except a car comes. Nobody has to duck from anything. No. So right off the bat, we get some strange anachronisms going on here. Things aren't making sense. Things aren't tying together. And that kind of sets the tone for the whole movie. Yeah. So so we have this flashback. Now we're back in the present day. And for some reason, I'm a little shaky on the plot. Maybe you can fill it in. For some reason, John Voigt, the Nazi, he's now in the present day. It's, uh, you know, 40 years later, but he's aged five years. They just kind of gray his hair. Yeah. And he's, for some reason, coming to the the daycare. I don't know why he's there, but what he he's launching, like, a television channel for children 
That's going to brainwash them. Yeah, so it's going to be a mind control channel for kids. He's back. It's supposed to be like 50 years later. Yeah, so all this time later, he's still trying to control children. Now he's doing it through technology. But why is he at this daycare? I thought I knew, and then I don't know. (laughs) There's some kind of connection between him and Scott Baio. There's something called Bobbin's World. Yes, Bobbin's World is the name of the 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 daycare. It's the daycare? Yes. They were talking it up like it was a theme park. So, it's just that shitty daycare with four kids in it? Well, here's my question. There were there were so many kids in the background. <laughs> well, I didn't even notice them. Nobody that we focused on them. Right. So I've I've been holding I think the problem is we have a lot of questions. And so if many we questions. don't pose the questions, we can't move forward. Okay. So we have to kind of ask the questions. First question. Four kids? They're the only ones that can talk? Are all the kids geniuses or just these four? And if it's just these four, why these four? What and happened to these four? Exactly. And what about all the other kids in Bobbin's World's daycare? Where is everybody's parents? Are these kids orphans? Or do they have parents? Well, I... Th- First of all, I thought they were all Scott Baio's kids. I thought he... Just was, had a... Maybe was adopting. I don't know. Then there's a point where there's a babysitter... And she gets, like, the her and the kids, they get caught up in a crazy adventure. They're gone for, like, two days. And right. So I thought, all right, clearly these kids have no parents because everybody's just cool with this. But then there's, like, a throwaway line where at one point Scott Bayo was like, oh, man, Alex's parents are real mad. Yeah. What? This kid has parents this whole time? Where are they? Where are the parents? I got a question for you. How come none of these babies wore pants ever in the movie? Don't even get me started. <laughs> Why are these... First of all, they're not exactly babies. Like you said, they're toddlers. Yeah, they can all walk. And they're wearing shirts, diapers, and shoes and socks. (laughs) No pants. So a choice was made that they don't get pants. (laughs) Aren't they cold? (laughs) I don't understand. I wasn't thinking, are they cold? I was just thinking, why do they not have pants? Why would you dress your child like that and send them out to daycare? Or for all of the physical things that they have to do when they're super babies... (laughs) Or just crawling around their treehouse. Don't they need some kind of protection? Where are their pants? I I don't know. I think there was like a costume designer that was like, oh, if we put pants on them, nobody will know they're babies. We better better have these diapers out the whole time. Does it play up the baby angle? Well, here's the other thing. (laughs) They waver between acting like babies and acting like adults, which is real creepy. That makes for this movie to be real creepy. Yeah. They act like babies and they start crying and then they get bottles. But they're only doing it because they know they have to to get their parents' attention. So or Scott Baio's attention. Since they're wearing diapers, are they still getting cleaned? Yeah. Like they're still getting their diapers changed? Yeah. But they're sentient genius babies. Yeah. It's real creepy to me. Also, Scott Baio's <laughs> wife is a huge proponent. She has like no lines in this movie. Her character flummoxed me completely. <laughs> She started this movie just like on Scott Bayo's side. He's on his phone. He's real demanding. He's just like this little thing. And um, she keeps her like four lines in the movie are, but their language, I'm sure it means something. Oh, she could tell they're communicating because they're all sitting around a table talking at each other. Yeah, these babies have a language. Nobody believes Why her. is she so focused on this? Is she a linguist? 
does she study babyology or something like that? No, she's just seeing what's right in front of her. These babies are communicating. They're just babbling to the human eye. I think it was real obvious that they're all sitting around having a conversation. No, they're just coloring. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I thought it was obvious. I'm on her side. But all I know... Well, sure, I'm on her side, but... She's so focused that the language means something that I think it has to be part of her job. She can't just be running this daycare. And then there's this crazy scene where they're getting off the phone and she just sits on Scapeo's lap. (laughs) What was crazy about that? There were just like, I think it was right after they called the babysitter that we still have to talk about. Oh, we'll get to her. And um, I have a fun fact about her, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They get off the phone about, oh, are the kids okay? They've been gone for a few days. And then they're relieved. And then instead of sitting in a chair, having her own space, she just th- she's thrown away in this movie. And I don't <laughs> like it. All right. I'm with you there. Well, what I want to know is, is this just a daycare or is this some kind of scientific research facility? Well. Because when that- they first started and she was like, oh, I think they're... Communicating, I thought she was observing them because she was a scientist. But then as the movie went on, I was like, oh, I guess it's just a daycare. Well, That they named Bobbin's World. No, we're going to have... That's their last name. But who names their daycare last last name World? It's going to be called, you know, Sunshine Daycare or some crap like that. What would you call your daycare? (laughs) It's Sunshine Daycare. Something that sounds happy. You know... Play place. Play place. How about um, our kids get pants daycare? (laughs) So there's a lot going on because his name's Stan Bobbins. There is another line that leads into one of my hugest predictions. Oh, I'm with you on that one. So let's save that for later. Um, Let's get into this babysitter. So, So after the whole flashback to 1962, we go to the present day. Archie sees Kane. He thinks, oh, that's Captain Kane. And he starts to put it together that the kahuna is not just a legend. The other people aren't really on his side. Then this babysitter comes. I think that this is Escapio's wife's niece. Her name's Kylie. The babysitter? Yeah. Okay. So Kylie shows up and she starts reading the kids a story. She's maybe supposed to be a teenager, like 16. One of these babies straight up wants to bang Kylie. Yeah. So that goes back to the, are they adults or are they babies? He has like a sexual attraction to her. Yeah. He's getting a boner in his diaper. That's what makes this movie so creepy. Why are babies sexually attracted to... They're babysitters. I mean, that's a classic... That's a classic one. Not when you're two. Or wait, no, it's the, the, the stepfather's attracted to the babysitter. Yeah, Scott Bayo should be attracted to the babysitter, not his two-year-old child. Well, this is a fresh take on that <laughs> genre. Uh, so, so weird. Um, but Kylie reads to them, then... She says, I'm going to take the kids out for a walk. She loads this very strange stroller that says taxi on the side. Stroller bill for four. Yeah. Only these four babies (laughs) get to go for a walk? They're the only ones that matter. There are babies in the background of this daycare. What's going on? I didn't even notice those background babies. (laughs) (laughs) I guess neither neither did the Bobbinses. Okay, so as she's taking them out for the walk, they bump because for some reason Kane and his cronies are there. We got to about Kane's henchman too. He's got like a number one henchman, and his name changes from Kane to Biz Kane halfway through the movie. 
<laughs> That's right. This is his disguise. Because Captain Kane was like a famous Nazi, probably. So he's like, oh, no, it's just me, Biscayne. <laughs> That's his German accent. It, that was spot on. <laughs> and so anyway, they're there at the Bobbins World. Somehow the taxi stroller bumps into them. And this CD that they have that has all the mind control stuff on it falls into Kylie's purse. Yes. And then they go off on their walk. The bad guys chase them. And right as they're about to get abducted... Kahuna sweeps in. Kahuna shows up. Wearing a wig. He had to be in disguise. He had to be in disguise. He whips it off. Then one of my favorite scenes happens. He drinks his go-go juice. Mm -hmm. He gets super powerful. And in a nod to Transporter, (laughs) he puts... A garbage can on each foot and starts kicking everyone in the face. Just like the melon fists. I love it. I was thrilled. I yeah. was thrilled at I mean, this, this is, homage. This is basically like transporter for babies or toddlers or I don't know. What do you call a seven-year-old? Child. Kid. Child. <laughs> transporter for child. So that was great. Then this fight scene I thought was odd. Again, who is this movie for? <laughs> That was one of my overarching questions. Is it for two-year-olds because the hero's a 10-year-old and that looks cool? Is it for... For 10-year-olds who fantasize about saving babies. Is it for lovers of, you know, East Berlin? (laughs) History buffs. History buffs. (laughs) It's for nobody. I think it was made for little children and... But how little? It would... Two. Two, three... Before their brains are formed. Because this fight scene where he's kicking people with the trash can feet is set to swing music. So now we have Nazis. We have babies. We have a variety (laughs) of ages. I mean, you gotta put stuff in for the adults to enjoy, I guess. I don't think I've ever seen a fight scene set to swing music. And for good reason. I mean, it was okay, but if you're a kid, don't you want something else? Raffy? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um, so Kahuna saves them. Then he takes them back to his uh, baby, lair. his lair that is referred to as the Baby Bat Cave, Baby Utopia, which is a shitty utopia. I gotta it's say, it's just a real shitty looking set. It, it looks like a poor, poor, poor man's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, like there's a river for some reason. There's a river full of balls, but like. <laughs> I mean, why would a baby want a river? Like, why would a baby Utopia be like, give me a river? It's two. He's going to drown in that river. Maybe because you get to take the little ferry boat. But all I can think of is the water on the river is filled with balls like um Like a ball pit. You would jump exactly, in and check the cheese. Like a ball pit. Except. <laughs> it's water. It's deadlier. Like, you're going to jump in. After your most coveted balls and drown. Is it meant to be like his first line of defense against evil babies? I would love to see some evil babies. That would have been cool. So they go there. It's protected by holograms, obviously. Except there's also one real teenage boy working there. Oh, can we talk about Zach? Why is there a 15-year-old boy in this baby utopia? And then it's revealed to us. That Kahuna is actually not a child, but a 70-year-old man <laughs> in a child's body who now has a 15-year-old houseboy. Look, 
<laughs> Zach is his ward. He saved him from a Russian orphanage. He they couldn't they tried to find his mom. They couldn't find him. So he brought him back to his baby Utopia to serve as his assistant. He's like Robin in Kahuna's Batman. Except Kahuna's a seven year old in a ten year old's body, Zach's fifteen, and the only human there I, I they call this grooming. <laughs> Look, they're just friends. And then Kylie comes along and Zach is immediately smitten because it's the first girl he's seen in 12 years. <laughs> so he asks her out on a date. And then immediately kisses her. <laughs> they kiss right away. And then she's shocked and he goes, this is why I was creeped out. He goes, what? Don't you know about kissing? How kissing works? How does he know? <laughs> you think Kahuna thought <laughs> Why would he ask that so presumptuously? He's been living in this baby cave with a seven-year-old man. Who's <laughs> in the body of a ten-year-old. So now I'm just picturing this ten-year-old. <laughs> this is how you kiss, Zach. Oh, God. This movie is so disturbing on so many levels. Maybe that ball pit moat was there so Zach couldn't escape. <laughs> I think so. Oh, God. So then, as we're in the... Baby Utopia, we get the whole full origin story of Kahuna. Zach has pieced it together from legends and stuff he's overheard. Which, I gotta say, what a nice payoff. Because... <laughs> I'm glad we find out everything. I love a good origin story. <laughs> they get it all out there. Um. So yeah, Kylie casually asks, who is Kahuna? How do you know him? <laughs> um, he's like, it starts in East Berlin, 1962. <laughs> no, it starts actually... After the end of the First World War, <laughs> Kahuna's father is an American scientist living in Germany. Why? We don't know. But he's in Germany. He's working on stuff. And he comes up with this formula. That's like the fountain of youth. It was yeah. intended to keep soldiers stimulated and awake while they're in the trenches. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to harness... The power of babies. But he accidentally made it too powerful. Oh, yeah. It was like he was harnessing the power of where babies get their energy from. He's like, look at babies. They're always full of energy. We tap some of that and make a secret formula. Then Kahuna accidentally gets a drop of it. Here's a big question I have. Oh. It says that this juice, this formula that his dad invented, freezes the aging process. Yeah. Kahuna has it when he's a baby. Grows five more years and then stops. Yeah, I don't Why know. Why did that happen? I really don't know. I also really want to know. So we find out that Kahuna's older brother was about to sneak in and drink some. Yeah. When Kahuna startled him, he dropped the beaker and that's when the drop fell in his mouth. His brother is maybe 15 at the time and Kahuna was like two. And then he grows up a little more. His brother has a heavy German accent. And he does not. Yeah. So. Why his, is that? So his brother is real jealous of Kahuna. Then when his brother stops growing, there's like a point where he's playing baseball. He's still in a child's body, but he's like, you know, he, he's got super strength. So he's hitting home runs. Everybody's making fun of him because his brother's a freak. So it's like jealousy mixed with resentment. I have a theory about that, actually. So the dad has no accent. Kahuna has no accent. Brother, full Nazi accent. I think he adopted it because there's a part where after that baseball scene, he like goes off in this like black Volkswagen with some shady looking gentleman. Yeah. I think basically he fell in with a Nazi crowd. 
And there's a point where he's yelling at his father and he's like, I'm more German than I am American. I'm embracing my German side. Well, I he's wondered... He's faking the accent, is what I, I'm saying. I wondered just now... Again, I'm having all my revelations right now. <laughs> is it just because he's older? He was living in Germany longer. Maybe. It affected him. It could be. I, but no, I think he fell in with this Nazi crowd and just, you know, he, he started talking. Did, and they did make it seem that way, that he's like adopting it. But here's my thing. Why is he jealous of his brother? His brother is a freak. Everyone says we don't want to play with him. He has a man's brain and a child's body. Who wouldn't want that? What? You're a 16-year-old boy inside the body of like a nine-year-old? No. it's uh, yeah, What are you going to do with that? I, but he's got superpowers, so he's jealous of that. Um, also, he hates babies, remember? He's always hated babies, so now his brother is forever a baby. But he hasn't always hated babies. I thought from the beginning, I think he hated babies. I think he just hated his brother. But well, it's a complicated relationship. His Father dies and on his deathbed says, hey, make something good of this. This is, a, this is your lot in life. Yeah. And he does. He invents that go-go juice, which reacts with his physiology physiology from drinking his dad's thing. It's a little confusing, but basically he becomes a superhero and dedicates his life to... Oh, after his dad dies, he has to go live in an orphanage for six months. So he breaks out and he vows to always help the children in orphanages. Right. All right, great story. Fast forward 50 years. Kahuna is a 10-year-old boy. He's now over 70 years old. Over 70 years old. Grooming a 15-year-old ward. And he runs into Biscayne. Lo and behold, they're long-lost brothers. Yeah. He's been fighting Biscayne this whole time, I think. My question is this. Why didn't Biscayne just drink some more of that juice? Yeah, he totally could have. It, It was all over the counter. Just take a sip of the juice. He could have. They never, there's no good explanation for why he doesn't, if he's so jealous of it. Kane comes up with this plot. He can't find Kahuna, so he's going to lure Kahuna to him. So Kahuna shows up in a helicopter. Yeah. But somehow Kane has like a gun, like a zapper that makes Kahuna disappear. Oh, yeah. He disappears through like space and time. Obviously. We I mean, don't know where obviously. he goes. Then he ends up being captured. Then, like, Zach steps in. He tries to save the day. He tries to get people to arrest Kane, but nobody believes him. He gets arrested. <laughs> yeah. I mean, eventually, they end up back at the Batcave. Kane has finally gotten Kahuna back to his cave. And Kahuna has this thing here, this machine. The imagination machine. The imagination machine that basically like unlocks your true potential. So the babies try it earlier and they turn into these like superhero alter egos, but none of them are really happy with it. So Archie turns into Brain Baby. Yeah. But he's like, what? I'm not the smart one. That's, you know, Finkelman. And then Finkelman turns into Courageous Courageous Baby. Baby. He's like, I'm not courageous. Rosita turns into Cupid Girl and she says, I'd rather punch you than love you. And then Alex (laughs) turns into. Just a rubber ball who could bounce. Bounce baby. Yeah. Because they didn't know what to do with him. But because they needed a fourth guy. Yeah. Everybody else gets like this character trait <laughs> and he just becomes a rubber ball. Yeah. So they're like, man, this is, we don't like this. And Kahuna's like, maybe this is the true you inside. And they're like, nah. Then when they come back and they have to fight off the bad guys who have invaded the cave... They go back into the Imagination Station, they become their superhero alter egos, and they're all able to fight uh, the bad guys. Cupid Girl actually has a real cool... Power. Power. She can shoot arrows and make 
the bad guys fall in love with each other. Right. And then so that nobody wants to fight anymore. Everybody's got a cool power. Flash forward to the very end where Nazi John Voight steps into the imagination machine. Because he thinks now he's going to get superpowers. Yeah, I'm going to show you my true potential, who I really am. And he turns into a baby. Yeah. And then we get more ending. (laughs) We get more weird ending. Kahuna says that he has to go. He designates Archie as Junior Kahuna. Yeah. Archie, who hasn't really done much except eavesdrop <laughs> on Kylie. Um, they get phone calls from Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Whoopi Goldberg is in this movie as herself. Yeah. And she says, um, all the Thai kids we rescued are now going to Yale. <laughs> you know, great stuff that Kahuna does. O-Town. <laughs> O-Town is in it and writes a song for Kahuna. Called Mr. K to the Rescue. <laughs> and then the president calls, but he has to put him on hold um, because Kahuna needs to take off and go to Europe and do some other stuff. Yeah. Then it's still not over. <laughs> Zach's mom from the Russian <laughs> orphanage shows up. <laughs> I mean, I think we were all wondering, is Zach's mom going to show up? They look so hard for her. What? When? They found her, I guess. How? <laughs> Who knows? If she put her son in a Russian <laughs> orphanage 17 years ago, what's she doing back now? I don't know. Then she shows up and I was like, is she going to speak Russian or with a Russian accent? But she has no lines. So we don't know. That mystery No, they is just embrace. Solved. That's going to be hard to explain. They also, in the ending... Quote Casablanca, which is just, yeah. I, I admire the balls. Like, we made a movie about talking babies. Let's quote the greatest movie of all time, yeah. verbatim, word for word. And instead of it's one of the great, you know, love scenes where Humphrey Bogart is telling Ingrid Bergman to, you know, go without him because if you don't, you're going to regret it. Let's put those same lines in the mouths of babies. Yeah. For no reason. There's, there's no love story. Why did they say those lines? Nobody knows. I have other lines that I wrote down, but I I just want it to end. I just want this to be over. Because it's too much. It's too many pieces packed in. It's hard to, like, encapsulate. I want to get to our predictions. I know. We got to get there. Yeah, and we're... I also would rather give you a couple fun facts. Oh, yeah. I don't have any fun facts. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought I heard a line where Archie says, oh, I know all about Kahuna because we're related. Oh. I thought he had a throwaway line like that. I don't remember that. So maybe that's why he felt this special connection. Guess who else was related in this movie in real life? Who? John Voight and Kylie. What? Kylie is John Voight's goddaughter. What? Does she have a famous parents? I didn't get that far. Oh. That well, my- how does he know her? Why is he the? Why is he their godfather? You're asking a deep question. Um, Also, uh, this movie received 13 Razzies. Wow. And it was made for $20 million. $20 million? And it earned $9 million. Um, I mean, they got our $10. I know. We contributed to that. It's horrible. Are you ready for predictions? Yeah. Yeah, let's just get it. Let's just wrap it up. Let's just get to these predictions. Okay. You want to go first or second? Yeah, let me go first this time. All right, rock it out. <sighs> okay, Super Babies opens up at Bobbin's World. This is Super Babies. So the first one is just baby geniuses. 
<laughs> Baby Geniuses opens up at Bobbins World. Stan Bobbins' half-brother is still alive. We don't know his name. I thought it was Dan. Dan, okay. Okay. Dan Bobbins is alive. He's running Bobbins World. He genuinely loves kids. Okay. They find out that these kids have an incredible intelligence. Maybe they're putting blocks on top of each other. Maybe that woman is kind of a scientist and she gets some actual lines in the first one. His brother, Scott Bayo, doesn't like kids. He's just a businessman. He just wants to run Bobbin's world for the profit. Okay. Okay. Um, that's as far as I got. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. All sounds four, like a great movie. <laughs> all four babies are in the original. Okay. All four babies are in the original. And they're it's- just going to have quippy one-liners. They're going to solve something. Like a puzzle. Like a cube? Like a cube, possibly. <laughs> Is Kahuna in it? No. This was a... What about Nazi John Voight? No. Okay. None of them are in there. I'm just trying to find out the conflict. I think the conflict is going to be maybe between brother and brother. And then Scapeo like, learns a lesson in the end and comes around. His brother has to get killed by somebody. Like maybe this one like will be evil, evil Russian spies, evil Russian babies. <laughs> yes. Okay, the Soviet Union has created a race of baby geniuses, so America has to keep up. Where are they going to look? Bobbin's world. Mm. They find mm-hmm. four of their best and brightest. This is basically Cody Banks, but like eight years earlier. Okay. And that's it. American babies win. Okay. I oh. Um, all right. My biggest question that I don't know is how did these babies become geniuses? Is it evolution? Are all babies geniuses? Was it a science experiment? None of that is explained in this except for Kahuna. But what about these other four? I don't I'm having pup star flashbacks. Okay. So. Okay. I have an idea. Okay. They all have a predisposition towards intelligence. And okay. And they're given something. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. There is that stuff about Dan Bobbins. And there's a little line, I think, that Vanessa Angel says where, or maybe it was Scott Baio, but they say, babies do have a secret language. My brother was right. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that Dan Bobbins runs Bobbins World. I agree with you. It starts there. I think I'm going to say that all babies have a secret language. That all babies are smarter than we think. Right. But... I think there are there are going to be babies that become geniuses. I don't think that these four babies are in the first one. What? I, no, I don't think they're in the first one. None of them? Maybe Archie. Okay. I don't know. I'm just going to go out on a limb. I don't, think I don't think they're in the first one. I was like so sure that all four of them are in the first one. Well, we. I mean, you might be right. I don't think Scott Bayo's in the first one. I think it's just another guy. His name is Dan Bobbins. He runs Bobbins, Bobbins World. It's this um, daycare. He starts, he has these theories. He's like, I think these babies are communicating. I think they have a secret language. Then in a lab somewhere, somebody else is like tapping into this secret baby language and then somehow enhancing it with some kind of magic formula and creating baby geniuses. Then, I don't know, one of them shows up at Bobbin's World. Something. Somehow, they escape the lab. They show up at Bobbin's World. They talk to the other babies. 
and the other babies can talk to him, but they this all- one's like a genius, and he's like, I don't know, quoting Shakespeare at him, and is like, I don't know, tries to break them out. God, I have no clue what the plot is. All right. Um. But I got predictions about other stuff non-plot related. Okay, like what? In this one, you have John Voight and Scott Baio, two prominent conservative actors. Oh. I have a theory that because Hollywood is liberal, these two have been ostracized from, you know, mainstream movies because of their political beliefs. And now they're forced to do movies like Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2. So you think Clint Eastwood is in the first one? I, he's one of the ones on my list. I have a potential Who list. Else? So I know that this is broad, but I think one of these people, if not more, will be in Baby Geniuses. Ted Nugent, Clint Eastwood, Charlton Heston, Kelsey Grammer, Tim Allen, Ben Stein, Kirk Cameron. One of those people will be in the movie. I guarantee it. Oh, that, I like a bold prediction. I like a, a <laughs> detailed prediction. So I think that's going to happen. Then, oh, okay. I predict there will be fart jokes. Sure. Those there are some in here. Or stinky diaper references. Mm, yeah, definitely something like that. I think there will be a lot of weird adult phrases that have been turned into kid-friendly. Yeah. But now make no sense. Like, there's a point where... When they're raiding the the baby bat cave at the end. First, John Voight yells, take no prisoners, implying he wants to murder all the babies. Yes. But then there's a part where he's saying something is like, you know, impossible. And he says, they don't have a snowball's chance. Yeah. But that's the end. They don't say in hell. So now the phrase makes no sense. I think there'll be something like that. Like somebody will be like, all's breaking loose. Oh, I think that... Something oh, like you're that. saying they're going to censor them this... Yes. The quotes. Similar to Snowball's Chance. I think that they're not necessarily going to censor quotes, but that they're going to use adult references like Casablanca, like there was a Mike Tyson joke. I think the babies <laughs> yeah. are going to know too much. I think I'm going to be uncomfortable again as babies straddle the line between... It might even be creepier. ...being babies and adults. Yeah. I think we're going to see babies in a laboratory. I think so, too. I think the babies are going to take control, and maybe they retire to Bobbin's world. Maybe that's where <laughs> geniuses' babies retire. Wow, this is harder than I thought. It's, they really don't give us much. Because I, unless the whole, unless the first one's all about Kahuna and John Voight in East Berlin, 1962, and we're just no, I off, think, but I don't think they're in it. I think they're going to be decoding the language of the babies. There's going to be a crack in it. They're, they're going to find something out. Yeah, I think maybe somebody is trying to steal some research. What do you do when you know a baby language? Like, what benefits I, do you get? I mean, what benefits did Cain have in controlling them? I mean, it makes no sense. So I think maybe there is a bad guy. Maybe it is Russians. And I think they're trying to steal the secret to decoding the baby language. And it's up to the baby geniuses built in the lab to stop them. That's my prediction. But I think the babies are going to solve how to stop them. Yeah. Through their genius powers. I think so. Um, speaking of genius powers, what was your favorite baby power? Superpower? I mean, Cuba Girl had the best power, I think. I like you bounce get Unlimited arrows. <laughs> he just bounced around, knocked people over. 
I liked him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked him, but I don't know if that was my favorite power. I don't know. Yeah, Archie didn't really have a power. He just had a clipboard. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he, didn't he didn't do, do anything. Much. How'd the babysitter learn all those martial arts moves? <sighs> I, who knows? That's one of the many questions I had. Probably fending off all the horny babies. <laughs> oh, man. So, as you can tell, this movie is absolutely insane. I think we did as good a job as we possibly could. It was bonkers. Wait. Yeah. Oh, one more thing. All right. Whoopi Goldberg and O-Town are in this movie as themselves. Any celebrity cameos oh, as themselves in the sure. first one? O-Town is so obscure and dated, I think there has to be a really dated reference. So, I don't know what year Baby Geniuses 2 came out. No idea. So, let's say if this was like 2004. I think that's about The right. other one would be 2000. Yeah. Who could we get? Who would be a nice 2000? Lenny Kravitz is going to make an appearance. Lenny Kravitz? Who else? That's too good. I know. That is too good. We need someone a little less. Boy band, lots of appeal. The Spice Girls. Spice Girls, too good. I think it's going to be somebody. So this one was a boy band. I think it's going to be a pop singer who is like, who's lower than like Britney, Christina. The next one. Jessica Simpson. Who's less than that? Is there any like more obscure than that? That's I can't think. That's who it would be. Although it would be great if it was Britney. That'd be great. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess Jessica Simpson. That's a great guess. And Nick Lachey. Oh, (laughs) that's right in the 2000s. But I think you're right. There's going to be some kind of pop superstar. There's going to be one of your celebrities. Let's see. Oh, for sure. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm eager to find out. Oh, my God. I can't wait. What happens in Baby Geniuses? I can't wait. Thank you for joining us. I know this is a crazy episode. It's a crazy movie. If you haven't watched it, check it out. Play along. And join us next week when we talk about Baby Geniuses. As always, this is Reverse Sequels, and I'm Ellie. I'm Patrick. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Reverse Sequels.